0: Welcome to Misty 101 podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode of our podcast. We're on the edge of a precipice. PM warns of very dangerous situation in Ukraine amid Russia invasion fears. The Prime Minister will chair a full meeting of the government's emergency Cobra Committee on Tuesday to discuss the UK's response to the current situation in Ukraine. Meanwhile, Foreign Secretary Liz Truss will chair a separate COBRA meeting today following Friday's call for all Britons remaining in Ukraine to leave the country while they still can. Mr Johnson said there was pretty clear evidence that Russia is planning an invasion of its neighbour, with some reports suggesting that US intelligence believes military action could begin as soon as Wednesday. Speaking on a trip to Scotland today, and asked how likely he himself believed an invasion of Ukraine to be, Mr Johnson said, I think the evidence is pretty clear. You've got about 130,000 troops massing on the Ukrainian border. There's all sorts of other signs that show there are serious preparations for invasion. We've got to respect that, we've got to realise this is a very Very dangerous and difficult situation. We are on the edge of a precipice. However, the Prime Minister added there was still time for Russian President Vladimir Putin to step back. What we are urging is for everyone to engage in dialogue, for a conversation to take place, and for the Russians to avoid what I think everybody, certainly everybody in the UK, can see would be a disastrous mistake, disastrous for Russia, he said. Mr. Johnson said it was extremely concerning that there were signs Russia was planning for something that could take place as early as the next 48 hours. Ahead of further talks with world leaders, including US President Joe Biden, the Prime Minister also urged other countries to learn the lessons from Russia's 2014 invasion of Crimea. What we need to do is make sure that President Putin understands the economic consequences the political consequences of doing this Mr Johnson added. I think what needs to happen is the world needs to learn the lessons of 2014. If you remember, Russia took eastern Ukraine, they took Crimea. But we didn't really do enough to divest, to move away from dependence on Russian hydrocarbons. What I think all European countries need to do now is get Nord Stream out of the bloodstream yank out that hypodermic drip feed of Russian hydrocarbons that is keeping so many European economies going. We need to find alternative sources of energy and we need to get ready to impose some very, very severe economic consequences on Russia. Defense Secretary Ben Wallace has claimed there was a whiff of Munich in the air as he compared current attempts at engagement with Russia to 1930s appeasement of Nazi Germany. Mr. Johnson did not repeat Mr. Wallace's view, but said the defense secretary was absolutely right to say we've got to be strong, we've got to be resolute, and we've got to be united. It's very important that we have a dialogue, we have a conversation, but what we can't do is trade away the sovereign rights of the Ukrainian people to aspire to NATO membership, the prime minister said. It was a massive gain for our world. Remember what happened in 1990 we had a Europe whole and free countries could decide their own futures We can't bargain that away It's for the Ukrainian people Britain's ownership of Sugar Islands challenged as Mauritius plants flag Mauritius has formally challenged Britain's ownership of the Sugas archipelago after Jagdish Kunjul, the Mauritian ambassador to the UN raised the country's flag over the Atoll of Pirro's Banhos. Mauritian officials sang the nation's national anthem and raised the flag at a ceremony at 10.30am local time, according to The Guardian. We are performing the symbolic act of raising the flag as the British have done so many times to establish colonies. We, however, are reclaiming what has always been our own said Mr Kunjul. The Chagas Islands have been at the center of a decades-long dispute. The United Kingdom separated them from Mauritius in 1965 and leased the islands to the United States to set up the Diego Garcia military base, forcefully deporting its 2,000 inhabitants and dumping them in Mauritius and the Seychelles. In 2019, The International Court of Justice in The Hague ruled unanimously that the UK should cede the islands to Mauritius and the resolution was adopted by the United Nations General Assembly. London continues to ignore the ruling, despite growing international condemnation. It argues that the Diego Garcia military base is vital to its strategic interests in the Indo-Pacific region. Last week the British government slammed an ecological visit by Mauritius as a political stunt to enforce its sovereignty. On Tuesday, a vessel set sail for the 58-island archipelago in the Indian Ocean for what the Prime Minister of Mauritius, Pravind Jugnauth, described as a scientific study of a partly submerged reef. He said the ecological expedition would be a concrete step towards Mauritius exercising its sovereignty over the islands. Henry Smith, the Conservative MP for Crawley, which houses the largest Chagossian population in the UK, said, this is clearly a political statement by the Mauritian government with regards to its claims on the Chagoss and nothing to do with conservation. Their record on conservation is abysmal. Last year, there was a tanker spillage of over 1,000 tonnes of oil off Mauritius and the government was very slow to act. Underneath the flag a plaque read, Visit of the Mauritius delegation to Piroz Banhos Archipelago, Republic of Mauritius, in the context of the scientific survey of Blenheim Reef. How a letter to the new owner turned a dream home into a living nightmare the six-bedroom Dutch colonial looks like the quintessential American dream home. Nestled on a quiet street in a salubrious suburb, 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey boasts four bathrooms and more than 3,800 square feet on almost a half-acre of land. It's in a great school district less than 28 miles from Manhattan, the perfect family home for both commuting and raising children. At least that's what the Broadus family thought when they bought it nearly a decade ago. Instead, they claimed they received a series of terrifying letters warning that their new home and young children were under constant surveillance by a creepy stranger who knew intimate details of their lives. He called himself the Watcher. Insurance executive Derek Broadius and his wife, Maria, were so scared by the letters that they never moved in. Multiple investigations undertaken by Broadius hires and authorities attempted to unmask the letter writer. The case sparked countless theories, both locally and internationally. Everyone from neighbors to sex offenders to the Broadius family themselves came under suspicion. It took the family years to sell the home at a massive loss. And to this day, there are still no clues about who the watcher might be and what that threatening person truly wanted. Many in Westfield try to downplay the mystery or avoid discussing it altogether, others have altered their jogging routes to avoid passing a house that still gives them a weird feeling. It all began in 2014 when Derek and Maria us who had three young children, decided to buy their dream home for $1.35 million in her hometown. They moved in their furniture and carried out extensive renovations but before they could take up residence themselves, their idyllic family adventure took a strange and eerie turn. Just days after closing, Mr. Broadus says he discovered a white envelope, addressed to the new owner in the family mailbox. How did you end up here, the letter read. Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? It added that the home had been the subject of my family for decades now and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out." In a total of three letters, the broad uses say the writer mentioned specifics that presumably could have only been witnessed and heard in close proximity to the home. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be the person wrote. TSK, 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 bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. The writer added, you have children. I have seen them. So far I think there are three that I have counted. Then the threatening, do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me? Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names I will call to them and draw them to, sick, me. The writer eventually did refer to the children by birth order and by their nicknames even one child in particular reported New York Magazine's The Cut. Mr Broad just told the publication that he was a depressed wreck as he and his wife attempted to figure out what to do, she said their main goal was to avoid putting the children in harm's way. That was certainly a difficult decision, given the malevolent tone of the correspondence. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house The Watcher wrote. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day 657 boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are two your family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 boulevard and now it has brought you to me. The Broadus family asked the previous owners whether they'd been plagued by such letters. The Woodses said they'd received only one in 23 years of occupying the home, and that had come in the mail just before they moved out. The occupants who preceded the Woods family also said there'd been no issues during their 28 years at the address. Margaret Bakes Davis, who grew up in the house, tells the Independent the whole brouhaha was a little odd. I think, especially because it was such a wonderful time for me, for our family. There were no issues. It was like Mabry RFD. It was a beautiful place to grow up. I had a wonderful childhood. There was nothing when we lived there. Absolutely nothing. All of that had changed years later, however, during the broad ownership. The parents of three contacted police, and suspicion initially centred on neighbour Michael Langford, whose eccentric family had a unique vantage point that would explain one detail in the letters. The Langfords vehemently denied involvement and were ultimately cleared, Michael died in 2020 and his family remain livid to this day. It f asterisk 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 g never ends. An irate sibling tells the independent. I'm his brother, I own the g asterisk 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 n house. We got accused of doing something that we didn't do. Did we ever get a f asterisk 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 g apology from the police? No, he says complaining not only about the family's treatment but also the lawyer fees. The Westfield Police Department did not immediately respond to a request for comment from the independent. Neither did the mayor, the Broadus lawyer or most local businesses. In 2014, however, even when the Langford home came under suspicion, the Broadus family kept up with the probe. They employed a private investigator, who staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the Langford's but didn't find anything noteworthy. The cut reported, in addition to enlisting the services of two former FBI agents. One recognized several old-fashioned ticks in the letters that pointed to an older writer the magazine wrote. The envelope was addressed to M forward slash M broad just the salutations included the day's weather. Warm and humid, sunny and cool for a summer day, and the sentences had double spaces between them. The letters had a certain literary panache, which suggested a voracious reader and a surprising lack of profanity. The investigator didn't think the watcher was likely to act on the threats, but the letters had enough typos and errors to imply a certain erraticism. The Broadus family also hired a forensic linguist who didn't find any noteworthy overlap when he scoured local online forums for similarities to the Watcher's writing, although he did think the author might watch Game of Thrones. Jon Snow is one of the Watchers on the wall. The Broadusers, still unwilling to move into the house, rented it out, and say another letter arrived at the address in 2017 listing various tragedies that could befall them such as a car accident, fire or sudden death of a pet or loved one. The family's fear and seemingly dogged investigation, however, would soon turn into a legal battle, too. The Broaduses filed suit against the Woods family and two companies involved in the sale, alleging information about the Watcher had intentionally been withheld, the Woodses filed a counterclaim alleging the new owners were trying to smear their reputation by working with the media. All claims had been thrown out of court by 2019. As word spread through New Jersey and further afield over the years about the story, however, theories also spread like wildfire. Forget just neighbors, some theorized a jealous buyer who'd lost out while bidding on the stately house could be sending the letters or a realtor. Or a prankster. Or, perhaps most creepily but least plausibly, someone who'd been living behind the walls or in a space within the home for years. Attention centered on the broad as well. Many suspected the letters could have constituted some type of inside job, locals theorized buyer's remorse could have prompted a wild plan to recoup expenses. The hoax theories called to mind perhaps one of the most interesting haunted cases in modern history, creepily enough, in another Dutch colonial just 60 miles east, centered on a crime that happened exactly 40 years earlier. The Amatival Horror House rose to international attention when Ronald DeFeo Jr. killed his entire family on Long Island. Subsequent occupants alleged paranormal activity and hauntings that spurred countless documentaries and films, along with rumors it had all been made up for profit and movie rights. The Broadus family has faced similar scrutiny, particularly in Westfield with an upcoming Netflix show and a cast including Naomi Watts, Bobby Cannavale and Jennifer Coolidge set to premiere this summer regarding The Watcher. Mr. Broadus has fastidiously denied any accusations and hit back on social media about any theories involving his family. He did not respond to a request for comment from The Independent. The Broaduses eventually sold 657 Boulevard in 2019, the transaction made national headlines, and they made about $400,000 loss. The buyers wished to remain anonymous but, according to local reports, are also a young family. Derek Broadius continued to comment on the case as recently as last February, when he tweeted, mental illness is real, and so is the person who was so angry that we bought 657 they thought it's be a good idea to threaten a 5-yo baby. They live in that hood close enough to see forward slash here. Solvable crime. Others, however, are not so sure. The spectre of the watcher, whoever it may be, remains a silent presence in New Jersey and the minds of Internet youths both in the neighborhood and across the world. I was at an event just last weekend with a bunch of friends, none of whom were from Westfield, but one of them, from across the room, said, was that your house It's still out there, Ms. Davis tells The Independent. It's still a thing. Whenever I say I'm from Westfield, they say, have you ever heard of the Watcher house? She answers, yes. I lived there for 28 years. She doesn't share any theories about the home but she does have only fond memories of 657 Boulevard, and when Derek and Maria Broadius put it back on the market, she says her family almost bought the house back. None of us were worried about it, she tells The Independent. She's also looking forward to seeing the upcoming Naomi Watts project, featuring a home she knows intimately well, a house still close to her heart. I'm wondering how Netflix is approaching it she says. How are they characterizing the whole thing? I'm interested to see how they portray it. Russian naval submarine transits Bosporus through Black Sea. A Russian Navy submarine passed through Turkey's Bosphorus Strait on Sunday en route to the Black Sea amid rising tensions with Ukraine. The Kilo-class Rostov Donova the past few days. Six Russian warships have sailed to the Black Sea via the Bosphorus Strait. It comes after Armed Forces Minister James Heapy said bombs could land on Ukrainian cities within minutes of Russian President Vladimir Putin giving an invasion order. U-submarine entered the 30-kilometer-long strait from Turkey's inland Sea of Marmara, while headed to the Black Sea. A Turkish Coast Guard vessel escorted the diesel-electric attack submarine during its passage, footage shows. Northern Power Grid accidentally sends Yorkshire Man £2 trillion compensation check for Storm Air when. Orist Yorkshire Man was surprised when he received a check to the tune of two trillion, billion, £52 million and some change. Gareth Hughes received the check worth £2,324,252,080,110. From Yorkshire's power company, Northern Power Grid, as compensation for outages caused by Storm Air when in November last year. For the latest news from West Yorkshire click here. More than 150,000 homes were left without power for several days after Storm Erwain brought heavy winds and snow to Yorkshire last November. Hughes, 44, from Hebden Bridge, had his home kept in the dark for three days and was entitled to compensation. Northern Power Grid the power company, is in the process of paying compensation to tens of thousands of customers who suffered power blackouts when ferocious winds damaged critical infrastructure all over the UK last year. Hughes, who took to Twitter after getting his check comically wrote, Thank you for our compensation payment Northern Power Grid for the several days we were without power following Storm when Hughes extended the humour further. Asking Northern Power Grid if they could truly afford to cash a cheque of this amount, before I bank the cheque, however, are you 100% certain you can afford this? Hash trillion pounds. And it appears Hughes is not the only one. After Northern Power Grid responded to his tweet and called his cheque an oversight, Hughes revealed he knew several other lucky people who had received trillions of pounds. Tweeting. He advised the power company to check their records, you might want to check what other payments you've made, as I'm aware of at least four other checks for the same value sent to neighboring properties. Northern Power Grid confirmed that 74 customers had been affected by what they called a clerical error, and said they had stopped all the checks affected from being paid out. For its part, the power company has apologized to Hughes. A spokeswoman for Northern Power Grid said, as soon as we identified the clerical error, which was caused by the electricity meter reference number being incorrectly quoted as the payment sum, we ensured all 74 customers' checks were stopped so they could not be cashed. We have been investigating how this error happened and carrying out checks of previous payments. All indications are that this was an isolated incident. We thank those customers who were honest and contacted us and we have been making contact directly over the weekend with all 74 customers affected to make them aware, apologize for the error and reassure them that a correct payment will be issued to them on Monday. And Hughes has since gone viral on Twitter, with many users pointing out that his compensation over three times the budget of the entire United Kingdom and made him the richest man on earth. Science breakthrough as researchers find key clue about origin of life. Scary how simple. Cyanide, a deadly chemical that can exist in various forms, has seeped into popular culture over the years through film and fiction. A spy opening an empty, odorless envelope, only to die hours later is the most common scene cyanide has been deployed in by directors, playwrights and authors. As Karen Smith a senior research scientist at Boise State University, noted a few years ago, when most people think of cyanide, they think of spy movies, a guy swallowing a pill, foaming at the mouth and dying, but cyanide was probably an essential compound for building molecules necessary for life. Indeed, new research has found that the lethal compound could, in fact, have helped life to evolve on Earth. What's more, looking for signs of it on alien planets may help us to locate life elsewhere in the universe, chemists at Scripps Research have found. The team discovered that the compound, which contains a carbon atom bonded to a nitrogen atom, could have enabled some of the first metabolic reactions on Earth that created carbon-based compounds from carbon dioxide. Metabolic reactions are reactions that create energy out of food and are essential for sustaining life. The researchers spoke to BBC Science Focus magazine in its piece Cyanide may have played a key role in the origin of life on Earth and could help us find E.T. Dr. Ramanarayanan Krishnamurthy, an associate professor of chemistry at Scripps Research and the study's lead author, said, When we look for signs of life, either on the early Earth or on other planets, we base the search on the biochemistry we know exists in life today. The fact that these same metabolic reactions can be driven by cyanide shows that life can be very different. To make the discovery, the team homed in on a set of chemical reactions that combine carbon dioxide and water. This was intended to create the more complex compounds that are necessary for life known as the reverse tricarboxylic acid, or RTCA cycle. The cycle is used by some bacteria that currently exist on Earth. But, it relies on the use of complex proteins that had not yet formed on the planet during its infancy 4 billion years ago. Previous studies have shown that certain metals can trigger the same reactions under extremely hot and highly acidic conditions. But the Scripps team had a hunch that another chemical compound may also be able to do so, only under the less extreme conditions seen on the early Earth. Because they already knew that cyanide was present in the atmosphere back then they were able to map out a set of reactions that could potentially use cyanide to produce more complex organic molecules from carbon dioxide, and later tested these in the laboratory. Dr Krishnamurthy said, it was scary how simple it was. We really didn't have to do anything special, we mixed together these molecules, waited and the reaction happened spontaneously. It is a hopeful sign in figuring out how biology came to be on Earth, given that once our planet was filled with only non-biological chemistry. Unfortunately, the experiment does not offer conclusive proof that cyanide was involved in this process on the early Earth. But, it does offer a 2019 study suggested that meteorites laced with iron, cyanide and carbon monoxide, another deadly compound would have helped early life on the planet. It offered what were at the time new insights, for example, that cyanide and carbon monoxide link up with iron to create stable compounds, or iron cyanocarbonyl complexes, similar to certain structures on those vital hydrogenase enzymes. Fresh way of thinking about the origin of life. And, according to the researchers, It perhaps provides a new means of searching for life on other planets. It is not the first time scientists have looked into cyanide and found interesting results. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast we thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.